you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome back. Welcome back to the double shot. This is a double sized anniversary, not really, issue of uh, the, the comic book show. We usually have the throwback Thursday to uh, classic X-Men stories on the back end of our, our regular podcast, but um, because we had so many books and because we hadn't recorded in a, in a while, we had to record two separate issues. On the line again tonight are my two favorite mutants. We're going mutants on this one, y'all. My two favorite mutants uh, is Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's up, man. What's up, my mutants? Mutant, please. Mutant, please. And on the other, uh, my other favorite mutant is the Sandman. Sandman, say what's up. Need you on, fellow mutants. We are back. Man. That's right. Yep, being mutant rich out in these mutant streets. Um, yeah, this is our Inferno podcast. And again, <laughs> for reasons that I cannot say. Yeah. <laughs> for reasons I cannot say. Can I say, say we cannot get this podcast in. We have tried. Genosha was bad, but this one has been worse um, in trying to get this podcast recorded. Um, yeah, so like, I'm getting huge feedback. I know we got demons on the line. Yeah, we do. Yeah, I think it. demons are crossing over from Limbo right now. Yeah, that's what it is. All right, I think we're better there. I don't know if that was Sandman or not. Sandman, are you there? I assume it's Sandman. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, you're getting huge feedback there. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so basically, we, nope, I'm still recording backwards. What's going on here? Hold on, let me try. Is that any better? Much better. Okay. okay. Yeah, because I could hear myself. All right. Um, yeah, so we, we, we tried to get this recorded on, on multiple occasions. It just hadn't happened. Got ganked again this past Thursday. So, yeah, we're going to get it in tonight. Hopefully uh, nobody wakes up and disturbs this process here. All right, so this is leading out of Genosha now. The X-Men have been, uh, Chris Claremont had laid this plot line for a long time now, if you really think about this, from Madeline Pryor's first appearance, which was in X-Men 170-something. Um, Sounds about right. Oh. Yeah, I mean, this has been laid to bear it is bearing fruit now in issue number 239 and 240, which we're going to do tonight. As I was saying to Brother Beavis when I first started reading these books, originally when I was collecting, like I did not enjoy this story at all because I, I had to read it in bits and pieces because, again, there was no um, secondary uh, market, so to speak, to be able to find the books. If you wanted to read it, you had to go buy it or yeah, you had to know home. somebody that, could, that, that had it. And, you know, so, you know, niggas be only wanting to let you read their books sometimes. I'm talking about you, Big Hush. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Why don't you get your paws on my comic books? So, um, yeah. So, if you didn't know anybody, you wasn't able to do it. So, I had to, you know, piece the books together here and there. $3 here, $4 here to be getting some of these books because they are very popular books and, you know, when you're reading them seven or eight years later, they had a, you know, nice little price tag to them. So, yeah, I didn't enjoy it then. But can you remember when you first read it, uh, Brother Beavis, you know, 20-plus years ago? Yeah, I had sort of the same feeling, like I, like I wasn't getting the whole story and didn't either read it close enough or read it consistently enough to make any sense of it. Um, and I think part of it, too, was, like, I had no idea what was going on in, the, in some of the other storylines. So... Yeah, I, no appreciation for it at the time. Sandman, can you remember when you read it? Yeah, I'm actually coming from the opposite direction of you guys because I was actually reading X-Factor pretty religiously at the time. 
I was just getting back onto X-Men, so I kind of backtracked to uh, uh, into this uh, crossover, so I was kind of up to date. So now, I, even though I knew what was going on going into the book, did not mean that I understood what the hell was going on in these stories sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, it was two different things, but I, at least I knew going in what was supposed to be going on. Yeah, we. I just didn't. Um, yeah, I just didn't get it. I didn't enjoy it. Like initially, yeah. I was like, I don't understand why this is like such a uh, like a big deal. But now yeah. coming back to reading it, I'm like, ah, now I get it. And as oh. I was saying before, like Chris Claremont has laid freaking seeds that are bearing fruit literally like ten years later. I mean, this is so ridiculous that oh. he was able to do this, whether it was purposeful or not. If somebody had to remember, like, oh, remember what you did back in episode issue one hundred and sixty something? What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you know, and then the things that come out of this as well, you know, from strife to the legacy virus to cable. I mean, all of the things that come out of this is just, uh, it's just ridiculous. So yeah, so big ups to Chris Claremont. He's gonna be at a con that I'm planning on attending in January. And maybe I'll ask him a question and hope my battery can withstand the the, the answer. And doesn't die because he's going to give me a very long-winded answer if I ask about this. So, uh, yeah, so shouts out to Chris Claremont. All right, so issue number two thirty-nine is our first issue tonight of two. Um, it's called "Ignite the Inferno." Sinister's on the cover. We still got Mark Silvestri drawing the hell out of this freaking book. Um, uh-huh. Just dr- literally drawing the hell out of it. It opens yeah. up with the Empire State Building. It's being, uh, it's possessed. And, um, you know, a little children die, Brother Beavis. That's not something that you normally see in college. <laughs> yeah, this is a bit of a hardcore opening. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah, and then the dude that's mopping the floor, I, went, I read it the second time. I was like, is that the dude that was infected by the brood? The, the, the guy that was... Uh, like uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, shit, the brood is back, too? So, yeah, um... Then it shifts to, I, I like, not that I watched this show, and uh, I, I'll fight you if you tell me that I did. Uh, Clarissa <laughs> Explains It All was a popular show on Nickelodeon in the 90s. This would be called Sinister Explains It All. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get a chance to explain pretty much everything that has happened since the X-Men have died. Now, he thinks that they're dead, too. You want to take this part, Brother Beavis? Yeah, so this is uh, the actually the, the the end of Fall of the Mutants plays heavily into the storyline, but right. uh, the uh, the seven I think there were seven of them or, or nine was the magic number maybe was the, and so they had to reverse Forge's magic to get rid of the last demons that were trying to cross over into uh, Earth, and the world saw their sacrifice broadcast, and there was a weekend or so where people were like maybe mutants aren't so bad, and then that wore off. Uh, and they went right back to where they were. But yeah, so as far as uh, the world and, more importantly, the other mutants in the world that uh, know the X-Men are dead. Yeah. Sinister is really upset by this whole process because he'd been using these chess pieces himself to set up whatever he was going to do, essentially to get rid of the humans. Basically, he had a title shot, and then the X-Men failed the piss test. And now he's here and he lost his payday. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it it just didn't work out. 
Uh, Sinister's still rocking the booties, by the way. Uh, <laughs> nobody rocks. Nobody rocks the booties like Sinister. Uh, man, nobody. Uh, there's a scene here where, again, thrown back to follow the mutants, uh, where Polaris is still possessed by malice. Um, and Sinister being the master manipulator, you know, it's like, well, I, I, I actually I had you possess her on purpose because I knew this was going to happen. Biatch. And he manipulates it back to the fact where she gets all upset. He's like, you know what? You know, it's, it's okay. You know, you're going to be my main. Uh, hey, you know, my number one girl. Are you worried about her? Sinister's a pimp. He's a straight Yes, but where he's, I, I think, the proper pimp. Don't worry about them hoes. Yeah. My girl? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the proper pimp term is bottom bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yes, she is my bottom bitch. You know, blockbuster still my bottom bitch, girl. You my, you my girl. You my one only. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so it's it's you know it's a good scene of seeing how powerful he is one and two how he's able to manipulate others into doing his bidding. Um, so it's, it's just a great scene. And then we start to go through the X-Men, essentially one by one, through their pieces. And the first one that's come there, where you get your title page, the issue is called Vanities, again, written by Chris Claremont, drawn by uh, uh, Mark Silvestri. And we get this opening scene with Dazzler at a bar in Australia, uh, dressed in a red, you know, dress. Uh, looking, I guess, as good as Dazzler could look. Yes, you know, yeah, she's, yeah, she, yeah, exactly. She's ready to do her thing. She's still not really down with this hero thing. She still wants to be a singer, songwriter, you know, whatever the hell it is that Vanity, or Vanity, uh, that Dazzler wants to be. And she goes <laughs> in there. And, well, no. Hey, sorry. And, uh, the, the, the biggest issue or the biggest problem I have with this whole thing, and I tweeted this out before when we were going to record this podcast, is that Chris Claremont had the audacity to say that when she sang Proud Mary, she did it as better than freaking Tina Turner. I was like, look, nigga. Um, yeah. <laughs> dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> look, my you know, a lot of old black people pissed off. Yeah, my grandmother would have beat you with a cane, Chris Claremont. For saying, yeah. <laughs> literal blasphemy. You have no yeah. how much black people love freaking Tina Turner. So don't do that with Dazzler. Dazzler, of all people, is going to be doing Tina Turner stuff. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so my app crapped out on me here. We're frozen. I have notes, though. I have notes. So the second one there is that. Uh, the first one is Dazzler. Who's the second person that they check on here? Havoc, so, Havoc. long shots Havoc. in the background, but then they go to yeah. Havoc. Yeah, yeah, they go to Havoc. Havoc is pushing himself with his powers and running. He's still upset about the two times that he had to use his powers where he bitched out on, essentially, anyway, which we run him on this podcast because he never wants to use his powers when he had to kill the brood and then when he had to shoot Calais out of the sky uh, when she yeah. was about to kill somebody. I mean, he's... <laughs> Alex, again, because they do such a better job with him later on, but he is awful in these books, Brother Beavers. I mean, just awful. Yeah, he's terrible. And I don't, you know, it's not really until I think he gets to X-Factor that he really comes around because he's caught up in the Extinction Agenda story. Because mm-hmm. once they go through the Siege Perilous, he disappears until that. Um, but, yeah, he's, I mean, he comes out of this. He's, he's, he tells us that, spoiler alert at the end, he tells us it's going to be all, you know, he's, he's, he's changed and he's all hard now or whatever. But, 
I mean, he's most definitely still a bitch at this point in the story. Yes, he is. A cool <laughs> bitch. And, also, and, and it gets even better when he has to wear his girl's clothes, too. Like, he has to dress up like Malik, too. <laughs> uh, and we're, and we're gonna, and it'll come up here later in the fact that he's out diddling his, his freaking sister-in-law, too. Now, yes, he could have been under the possession of the Goblin Queen, blah, 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 blah. Ain't got nothing to do with your dick, nigga. You knew that you was diddling your freaking, uh, your sister and your sister-in-law. I mean, that's really what he's doing. And he tried to resist, but it really didn't work. Um, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not in the least. Uh, so, yeah, so Havoc's still a bitch. Uh, he meets up with Madeline, but that's going to come back up in a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, the other story, which will come up in a, the second part of this podcast, will be um, the return, air quotations, of Jean Grey and Storm learning about it. Logan had known because he smelled her in, uh, in the tunnels back in the, the Mutant Massacre, which was like in the 220s. So he, he's known for almost two years now that she was alive. Storm is, nigga, why didn't you tell me? Essentially. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know. And this is something, too, that they kind of, um, that they always say in these books, but having gone and read back a lot of these since we've been doing that, it's like, oh, she was my best friend. Did you ever really see, like, this relationship between Storm and Jean? Like, she's like, oh, she was my sister, because it seems kind of mammy-like. They talked about it a lot. It, they didn't show it a lot. They both mm-hmm. talk about it a lot, but they never show it. <laughs> That's what no, I remember. Storm talks about it a lot. <laughs> Uh, I don't ever see them. I don't ever see, like, I don't remember, like, a bunch of scenes with G and Storm hanging out. Because think about it. Okay, so, because think about it. Okay, so she comes on 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 Giant Size or whatever. Then Uh it's, like, a few issues. I mean, it's a few issues later where Jean actually becomes freaking Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And then Dark Phoenix. And then she's dead. Like, how, what yeah. friendship did y'all have? Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, this, I mean, it wasn't like this big thing. Like, I'm trying to think of a scene where I saw them two hanging out together, going to shop, doing something, and that you would consider, like, oh, she was my best friend, she was like my sister, other than the fact that y'all was like, you know, two of the only women on the team. They, uh, they, in the original run, they didn't. Like, uh, years later, they had a, a book called X-Men Classics where they basically reprinted the original books and in the back mm-hmm. of those, they had original stories that followed up what happened in the uh, original book and one of those, a couple of those had uh, uh, Jean and uh, uh, Storm um, going through some adventures or whatever, like when she first came to uh, New York and Jean, uh, uh, Storm visited her at her apartment or something like that, I remember right. And uh, that was... A lot like that. They had like uh, it wasn't just them. Obviously, it was all the X Men. But um, yeah. so they tried to play backstory, or uh, you know, backpedal and make some. Uh, yeah, that's uh, retcon. Fill us all in. Yeah, yeah, it's that's, totally that's been it. Yeah, but that's been it. There's literally what you just said was true. There's literally nothing between them and the original books outside of a couple of uh, uh, maybe a word here or there, but that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um. The other thing is that, as well, Madeline has been um, flirting around with goblins and freaking demons and stuff. She's also been playing with the computers all over the place. And, you know, it's like that scene in Jurassic Park uh, where Newman 
like under control with all the computers and nobody else knows what's going on. Like they're like, well, I think she did something. I don't know, you know. But it's rewinding. It's rewinding. Like, I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, but as a part of that, they're able to see that Madeline has done a lot of work on the computer, and uh, that's going to come back later on too. As uh, she, 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 didn't, to... she didn't clear her browser history, and she. No. <laughs> Mutant Hub? What the fuck is that? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> all right, I'm good. All right, so I'm drinking, by the way. Um, so, yeah, so there's Jean Grey. They check in on there. Uh, Storm is really upset. And then the other scene, which I thoroughly enjoyed, that I think I don't know how long they waited to get to this point, but I'm so glad they did for the future, um, is... Uh, Psylocke, uh, Colossus, and Rogue are training. Uh, Rogue is still under the mind control of Carol Danvers. And um, they have like, this training thing. Betsy, you know, is really able to kind of read thoughts and whatnot. And there's this big old fight scene. And, you know, it's just been, like a good, like, kind of non-danger room type scene. Uh, Psylocke doesn't like the, the playing around. But the best part about that is Psylocke is almost butt-ass naked. Um, and then they finally tell us... They finally revealed to us what's under that armor. Hey, girl, what's under that armor? What's up? <laughs> Are you on that? They finally. Well, because, it, well, because later on they play it up to the point where she's never in clothes, essentially. So, I mean, you know, let's kind of, because she's going to come up in a, in another book later here. Uh, have you ever? Are you a fan of Psylocke or Revenge or that whole situation, uh, Sandman? Or are you a bigger fan of Psylocke? I'm a fan of looking at her. Outside of that, I, she's about the most craziest character you can find. Uh, it like yeah, that whole thing with what's her name? Yeah, Re- Revenge. The, the mm-hmm. um, this is before that. Uh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, way before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is her in her armor days, where you know she's just basically a white girl with telepathic powers. She's basically another version of Jean Grey with out the Phoenix. And uh, so yeah, she's wearing the armor and stuff. But, uh, up until. Um, all that stuff happened with revenge, and uh, she became, you know, hot and Asian. I didn't really care about her. <laughs> That's just me. Uh, which, I mean, her claim to fame was basically she was Captain Britain's sister, I guess, and that's, that was basically it. That's all I knew about her. And then she just magically started appearing in the X Men. I was like, okay, you know, she's with the X Men now. Huh? Okay, I don't care. She's just a telepath to me. Are you a Psylocke fan? Are you a Psylocke fan, brother Beavis? Well, I think the issue, and Sam and touched on some of this stuff, is like she is another character that her story was played out across several books, and so you have to know you have to know some Excalibur history. You probably had to read some annuals, and she just wasn't around long enough, I think, to really kind of matter. Um, right. And so you know, it's like by the time you get a feel for her, she's almost gone. Well, then she's changed, and the change really kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but that's more Siege Perilous stuff. So I, in these stories, I like her as a character. I think she's got, like, a good attitude. I think she's got a good power set. She's almost always, like, ends up screwing him over because she loses control of her powers or whatever. But, you know, I think I, I, I think that it, before she was almost gone before you could even care about this. And then she becomes sort of like the Jim Lee fetish character um, hmm. that's really known more for her appearance than anything else oh, and for saying 
the focus totality of her mental powers, like every time she uses her powers. But, um, so, kind of, but not really. Is yeah, really I, yeah. I, I am generally a fan. I'm generally a fan of um, any female characters that inspire awesome cosplay. Um, and Psylocke does. She inspires just absolutely ridiculous cosplay. So I'm a fan. I, yeah, the old thing with revenge and oh yeah, yeah, you're you're British now. So yeah, I don't see it. I don't hear fanboys be getting too upset about that particular uh, race bended role there. But you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I think the character is actually pretty cool in both versions. And like, I like this version as well. I like the half naked one too. Um, but yeah, I, I've always been sort of a fan of Psylocke. I kind of like her power set. Um, and she's got a good rack. All right, anyway. So, all right, so, <laughs> uh, so that, there's a great bit of, of Colossus there when she's starting to get, uh, first of all, why she's taking a, a bath in her, in her negligee, by the way. Like, it's, why don't you just get naked? But, yeah. there's a, like, Colossus has a, a, you know, a shock look on his face. But I have a, I have a, I have a take on that, though. That's because he's used to seeing thirteen-year-olds. He's not used to seeing like a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he end up like drawing her naked here shortly? Yes, after he, that? Does. Yeah. he does. He yeah. does. Yeah. Yes. How that nigga getting pencils in his hands when they full of metal and stuff, man? Like what? He's using them big pencils that they used to give us in elementary school. <laughs> 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 hey, come on, man. The book's just back. Uh, and the sinister is making his narration about his greatest creation, and he's, you see his crystal figure of Madeline. Uh, it shifts back again as uh, Havoc is thinking. This is so messed up. If you look at the picture, he has a picture of him and Polaris like on the table. He's rocking. He's rocking his freaking black speedos. Um, but that didn't matter. She Madeline comes out of nowhere. She's got this blue dress on, devil in a blue dress, and he's like, oh, okay, and, you know, they go over this whole story, and essentially, like, he's like, he's trying to resist, but she's really laying it on kind of thick, and, you know, hey, you know, your brother left me, he left me, and he left the baby, like, I mean, you know, we're both two hurting people, your girl possessed by a demon, you know, mine is fucking my doppelganger. I mean, you know, why why shouldn't we be together? As little sense as that makes yeah. But he was like, you know what? That makes sense and my dick is hard. So let's do this. So yeah. It just didn't work out. He tried. He I mean he literally did try. But when she was like, you know what, I'm gonna leave, he's like, Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, no, don't do that. So yeah, so they they do the mutant mambo. Um, and I, it is kind of weird though. And like I said, we run Cyclops on this podcast for being a horn dog and for all the things that he's done. And we all know that if the shoe was on the other fit, he would have totally laid out Lord of Day. Like there's no there's no there's no story in the in that's not thought of where Scott doesn't like have sex with Polaris. There's just none. So and then under, send a picture of it to Professor X. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is my way of fucking magnet. <laughs> 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 
Uh, yeah, all right. Exactly. I can't make it to the danger room, bitch, because I'm just going <laughs> for it. <laughs> uh, y'all. I well, Alex, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that, there's no doubt that uh, Charles Xavier would definitely be a dude that would, like, there's no doubt that, excuse me, Scott would be the person that would be sending dick pics to, like, her. Yeah. <laughs> 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 There's literally no doubt in my mind that Scott would do that. And totally deny it. Totally deny that it was his dick. But he would totally do it. So, um, yeah. He's like, you don't see Ruby Quartz on that dick, do you? That ain't mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, he would actually probably put little glasses on his dick. And <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, guess who? He's um, like, people think I get called Cyclops because of my visor. That ain't it. <laughs> Only got one eye for you, girl. All right, so yeah, really quickly. So Sinister goes in this whole story that he ha- is it implied or not implied it does he have baby the baby then? And I'm not sure how he got the baby. Well, let me let me help you with that. Thank <laughs> you. So part of the plot here and a lot of this plays out in so I've read the terrible book so you don't have to. So the, not you. only is the New Mutants a part of this, but the Exterminators is a part of this as well. Oh, God, yeah. So uh, if I recall correctly, the, when they kidnapped uh, in the X-Men book, when, when, they, when she got kidnapped right before, um, uh, right before the Genosha stuff, that's when he got a hold of, of uh, the baby. But what they're trying to do is they need 13 children so they can open up a gate between Limbo and the Earth. And so okay. part of what's going on is um, one of the demons, Nastier, has empowered, I think he's empowered Madeline because she's the one that has to open the gate. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're right. hoping that they can gain control over both Limbo and the Earth. Okay. That's the demon right. side of the story. I think this is right. the first time that they name check the baby all the way. Like, we talked about this when the baby was born, that they don't really even say the baby's name. And then I think this time where they give him the full Nathan Christopher Charles Summers, I think this is the first time they fully name-check him. And, which is probably why the book costs so freaking much. And so, you know, it, it, and then you see Nashriff there as, as this is all going on. And, you know, the full turn of the Goblin Queen, whether it was from having sex with him, whatever, it, the, the, the turn is fully there, and the book really ends with her talking about, you know what, I want my baby, and I want the Marauders to pay for it, essentially, uh, because she wants to get revenge on them. And, you know, that's 239. There's great art in this book, by the way. I mean, Sylvester is literally drawing his ass off on this. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it looks so great. She looks great. Like every mm-hmm. every turn, especially in two forty as it's coming up, like every turn of her on her face and her facial expressions and the dresses that she has where it switches from her being in the goblin queen dress excuse me, back to like into this black dress, all her blends in the shadows and stuff. I mean, dude just he's killing this book. Oh my gosh. This yeah. is so great. So yeah, yeah uh, she wants her son. That's two thirty nine. All right. So we get to two forty. My app is slow to pick up here. I don't know why it always does this when I didn't do this when I was reading freaking Falcon. Could have helped me out there. <laughs> Gee. Um, as we get to 240, 
Um, let's see. What are my notes here? Uh, oh, yeah, it opens up with Madeline and Alex on a date at the um, Empire State Building, which is completely haunted. Uh, there's a Ghostbusters throw-in here. That's the Ghostbusters, right? I'm not crazy. Uh, yeah, pretty I mean, much. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was thinking of the last one, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. This is yeah, what nineteen. Yeah, this is what nineteen eighty-six. That's what I'm thinking. Later, or maybe later. Uh, maybe nineteen eighty-eight. Okay, eighty-eight. Okay, so yeah. this is okay. So this would have been around Ghostbusters two, not Ghostbusters. Damn. Ghostbusters oh, eighty-three, okay. I think. So, this is the Bobby Brown Ghostbusters, Brother Beavis. Um, Oh, Lord. That song came up on a Twitter beef fight the other day. And to the effect of somebody, well, to the effect of somebody was like, oh, you know what? That that song, that's a really good, uh, well, somebody was defending Ghostbusters too, which is ass cheeks. And, like, that Bobby Brown song, which is awful. And I was like, and he's like, plays a freaking, uh, uh, his cameo in there is, Remember with a coon, yeah. coon on there. Let me get the door for you, sir. That's playing a freaking door, man. I was like, wow, oh, I didn't man. think about that. Always. Oh, yeah, about that. Yeah. So, that movie was I bad think, anyway, but yeah. 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 On, your, on your own, I think, is the buzz. The yeah. Bob Brown, so. But anyway. All right. So, yeah. So, Madeline Pryor and Alex Summers, they're dancing the, the Tripping the Lights Fantastic at the Empire State Building. Um they're going to make their way down the haunted elevator. Alex is clueless because, you know, he's Alex fucking, he's, well, he's fucking a demon. And, um, you know, and if you see some of those shots there, like there's one there where she's in the shadows where she's all blacked out except for her eyes. Uh, so going to go demon. Yeah, I mean, it's shadow demon, yeah. Yeah, it's just great. I mean, it's just really yeah, great. So, um, so Vestry really draws the female form really well, especially naughty ones, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> But he does naughty like Mark Sylvester. He's probably got that on his cards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, exactly. No, I'm not hating uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, they make their way out of the building uh, and back to, and um, uh, what's his name with the bowler? Uh, oh, um, yeah. The teleporter with uh, Gateway. Gateway. Yeah, he takes them back oh, to Australia. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, he's thinking he's about to give some booty. And she's like, yeah, sorry. And she's like, time shifts back out of there. And then he goes back down to her computer. And, you know, she again, she left the browser open. And she's, she sees a chance to see what all she's doing. It'll come up back in a little bit. Uh, but does she, she time shifts back out to, I think this is Massachusetts or whatever, Connecticut, and uh, to, the, uh, to the grave site of Jean Grey. And she's being pulled into these situations by Nastra because he is, uh, would you say he's manipulating her, Brother Beavis? Yeah, so he's, uh, <clears throat> he, uh, if you want the story, uh, I'm you good. recall Alaska was the uh, the lord of limbo that, that stole Ileana. And Nastra always wanted to be his apprentice. He's a sorcerer. He always wanted to be Velasco's apprentice, but... Um, uh, Velasco only trains the ladies. So he trained up uh, Ileana, <laughs> and he trained up uh, Storm. And so this is his bid for power now. Is is he's um, he's trying to get it? He's trying to get control a different way. Right. Well, yeah. Um. I, I kind of always thought 
you know, reading this before and then reading it now, I'm like, who's controlling who here? And it's like, it's yeah. definitely, I, I you think yeah. that she's in control because she's the main character, but she's not. He's totally manipulating her and totally putting mm-hmm. her into a situation where he knows it's, it's more advantageous to himself. Um, there's this whole thing where she goes off on um, Jean's grave and then turns her uh, her parents into like her demon dogs, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a you know, dark it scene, too, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, and she gets into the full Goblin Queen outfit. Now, I have yet, and I've been to many cons, I have yet to see a woman um, go full Goblin Queen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You probably won't either. <laughs> she, she, let me tell you something that's going to happen if that particular event ever occurs at a con that I'm at. Um, remember that scene uh, in Harlem Nights uh, and after my man had sex with Sunshine? Hey, um, hey, baby, I ain't coming home no more. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what's going to happen. Uh, because the day I go to a con and see a live woman uh, dressed up as a goblin queen, yeah, I ain't coming back. That's it. <laughs> the producer wakes up on Monday. Hey, where are you going? I gotta go to work. Dressed like that? You better put that Goblin Queen outfit back on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wear the Goblin Queen home. outfit to work. You better figure it out. You, you better figure it out. So that's 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 my whole family for you. Put that shit back on. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm just letting y'all know ahead of time because uh, that might happen. Um, okay, so <laughs> the other shift scene here is back to Australia. Now, when you see it initially, and you see one somebody roller skating, which is goofy, and then the outfit mm-hmm. is goofy too. Thanks, he as as much as I like Mark Sylvester, he I've always envisioned Rogue, maybe from the nineties, whatever, having curves. He gives her like no curves. She has literally no hips, and when they give her a <laughs> butt shot, it's, she has super long thighs. So <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's just not like a good look. But when you see it initially, I'm like. You know, it's not even sure if that was Rogue because of the helmet. And so they're rolling. Yeah. It doesn't work out. And then uh, uh, Dazzler goes into a jealous rage. I'm still wearing the same clothes she had on last night, by the way. So just mm-hmm. just saying. Yeah. And then they have this fight over Longshot, and it gets into this. She calls her a hussy. I'm like, what? In 
you know, uh, with Colossus drawn or naked, uh, with his little tiny pencils. And, you know, it's just a big... It's still in his costume, by the way. <laughs> but he can't yeah. change, though. He Remember, can't change he, back, right? He could have put on a shirt. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> he just put him in his costume all the time. On, something. Yeah, something. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's fine, but yeah, it, it you know it's just a kind of a fun little scene. Or, borrow, or borrowed a cloak from Magneto, borrowed a powerful ass bathrobe. Some yeah, I mean he could have wore Betsy's cloak, you know, yeah. and like wrapped that around. Yeah. But they got, yeah. they, they got the unstable molecules, don't they? Ooh, this is true. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yeah, so the the scene really the, the book shifts to them trying to find the Marauders, and they do. That's basically it. Uh, Madeline has. You know, left the computer on. They're able to figure out the whatever you know one two three password, <laughs> and then they're going to find out that the moderators are back in the uh, in the in the tunnels in the alley, and they're going to head that way. But in between them going out there, we finally get the reveal reveal for uh, Madeline Pryor, and mm-hmm. again something that had been building since her appearance, since before the wedding, since before all the silhouetted Phoenix stuff. All of this about, is she a clone of Jean Grey? Is she of her own person? What is she? All of that. And Master really reveals to her that, you know, you're a clone. He doesn't tell her straight out, but he shows her every little thing that you could possibly give as a clue to a person to tell him, like, you're not even close to who you're thinking you, that you are. And if there wasn't enough, there's a Scooby-Doo reveal to have <laughs> 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 so like, oh, yeah, move one, trial one. Primary replicant, codename Madeline. Okay, like, so now you really need to know that you are not that particular person, that you were made in a tube. You don't know who made you, but you were made in a tube. Uh-huh. Is like, that I mean, it, this, this clone's name is Madeline, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think, do you, I mean, again, reading this 20 plus years later, when, when I read it like 20 years ago, I was like, oh. Oh, dang, that's messed up. Now I kind of was like, you know, knowing that it was coming, I'm like, yeah, it's still kind of messed up. And you could kind of see how it would really turn her, like, into a crazy evil person. Like, when you completely thought that whatever you thought was, like, you, like now it's like, oh, now I see why this would be bothersome. And I have to go out and, you know, like, have, like, you know, team up with demons or whatever to take down the person that did it. Like, I could totally get it. So, I, yeah, I mean, I always, I really want to know, like, the sequence of events as far as, like, all right, we killed off Jean Grey. We want to bring back Jean Grey. We could bring back a clone. Let's bring back a clone. Oh, no, we get the real Jean Grey. What do we do with the clone? You know, what What was yeah. the sequence of events? And, and was this her originally intended fate? Was this a result of, uh, you know, the fact that X-Factor came back? And, you know, what was the sequence of events that led us here? Behind the scenes. Hey. Yeah. And again, good question. At Comic Revolution in January or February, I may <laughs> attempt to ask Chris Claremont that question. And again, he will have it'll an be answer. A long answer. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a long, long answer. ass answer. Because again, <laughs> we're going to be talking about something that took, I mean, over that time and all the meetings and the back and the forth, I, I, I'm sure they talked about that. I mean, again, we've, I think we've all read that. It wasn't even a what if, it was something that came out later on about how Jean Grey wasn't supposed to die in 137. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they were just supposed to depower her, and they were going to keep it moving from there. 
but they decided to make that move to kill her. And yeah. I, I swear to God, 25 years later, they still regret it. Or 35 years later, they still regret killing her. You know, yeah, because yeah. They, they keep trying to and to bring her back. Whole next, well, lower yeah. the whole next month. She's back next month. Am I? Bring back women that look like her clones, Rachel Summers, all these Rachel others. Summers, uh, uh, bringing back, yeah, yeah. Hope Summers, Hope I mean, Summers. Yeah, I mean, they could have just kept her alive. They chose to not do that, and they've regretted it ever since. So, whatever. All right. Uh, the X Men are going to make their way to the uh, Morlock Tunnel. Uh, something that we've been talking about on this podcast uh, for the X Men books is in these earlier books where the X-Men would fight a villain, they would take a heavy L the first time, and then the second book, they would hulk up, and then they would start beating the, whoever the villain is. Um, this is not that situation. Um, the Marauders take a absolutely freaking Randy <laughs> Mulkin beating uh, by the X-Men. <laughs> I mean, they take an absolute beating. I mean, there's a little bit of offense um, near the end before they make their hasty retreat. Yeah, but that's the thing he was run away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is bad. I mean, I mean, the Colossus, Cold Cox, what is this dude's name? Block Blockbuster. Yeah. Who is, who, by the way, was killed by Thor originally. If you if you want to go in the timeline of events, yeah. and uh, in his book, yeah, Thor head crushed it with Mjolnir. And well, Riptide so, is I, in I, there too, and Colossus came yeah, 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 he broke his neck, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that honest, and again, not thinking about it, like, oh yeah, Sinister on that shit, you know, yeah. just replicating people, you know, just yeah, because he can. There you go. As Dusty would say in regard to Blockbuster, you gonna see a pair of legs fly uphill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really bad. I mean, it's really bad. They beat the living bajupatoops out of these dudes. They don't get <laughs> any offense at all. I mean, yeah. I mean, even nobody. I mean, again, at the end, yes, like because Colas gets in there and she starts throwing Colossus around because he's metal. But beyond that, it is an absolute yeah. floor wiping of the Marauders. And again, this is somebody that they built up for a while and they got like huge offense the first time that they, they fought the X-Men because that was the first time and they beat them down pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And now Mm -hmm. though, that was not the case. I mean, even Dazzler took out, essentially took out Sabretooth. Dazzler (laughs) took out Sabretooth. Okay. Let that marinate in your brain piece for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, and Riptide's throwing things and Longshot catching all. I mean, there was like no. <laughs> it's like Flair. It's like Flair chopping Sting at the end of the match. It's like, it doesn't even matter. He's like, just screaming. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Your offense doesn't affect me at all. So it's just not a good look uh, for the Marauders. Um, and then there's another thing where uh, where Blockbuster gets pulled into, you know, like into the Demon the demons yeah, the wall uh, whatever yeah, yeah. Whatever. he pulls him in uh, and then as the book is starting to wrap up uh, excuse me hold on my app is crapping out of course uh, that's why I have to go to my additional notes um, yeah so the marauders flee um, and then it's, it switches back to Madeline at uh, the situation with Nashtriff and she's like 
I told you, I warned you. Um, like, I want information about what's going to lead to my baby. If you don't do that, I'm gonna, I'm, you're going to fuck you up, too. And he's like, I'm giving you this information. This is what, this is where you need to be. And, you know, the last final scene or the last panel is the reveal of Sinister. You know, you could call me Zaddy um, because I am your daddy. Uh, and, you know, that's a great scene, you know, booties and all. That Charles Xavier like, yeah. never told you about your father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you know, and then that's the end of it. And that's it. And yeah. Inferno Part Two is you know, we'll 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 pick up in, in next week. Again, initial starts to the story. You won't get we able to get it in. Initial parts of the story, uh Brother Beavis. Uh, this is to me it's exciting, but I, I don't know, I don't want to jump ahead of anybody else. Yeah, like you said, there's a there is a big ass whooping, and they do move. They actually do move this thing around along pretty soon. You get like the whole story, like next episode, and then mm-hmm. Maddie sets on her path. So uh, yeah, it comes together pretty quick. Um, yeah, I, it's it's good. It's much better this, than I remember. Yeah, is this a story yeah. that? No, I don't want to put it in an X Men movie. But is there elements of this story that could appear in an X-Men movie? Because they could not do the whole thing because of the demons and all that. But is this something that could appear in an X-Men movie? Like a clone of that, of Jean Grey? Because, well, mm. whichever time, whichever, well, we don't know what timeline they're working with in the movies anymore. Yeah, but, yeah I'm not sure. Uh, you know, they seem to like alternate realities that aren't related to the X-Men movies. Is there some version of this that could make it into... Uh, to a movie fan, man. Um, they could do anything if they really tried. I mean, um, I never thought they could pull off Days of Future Past when they actually did. I mean, they, Kitty, Kitty Pride uh, sending people back in time. I was, I was calling bullshit on, but uh, they can. The point is, they could change things around so they they could come up with some kind of crazy version of this. I got no doubt. Um, and make no mistake, this is a crazy story. <laughs> you got yeah. demons. You got uh, uh, cloned redheads of established characters. You got uh, uh, this is all uh, coming down through the showdown between the two X groups, and that's one of the reasons I remember it so well because, uh, like I said before, I was following X Factor, and the X Men, uh, the original X Men, which was X Factor at this point in time, and the current X Men have not seen each other for a long time. And that's basically what this whole thing in a nutshell was about, those two teams coming together again and this conflict and a lot of unresolved things that have been going on for a long time finally come to a head. Madeline with the baby, Cyclops abandoning her, uh, Jean and Madeline finally meeting face-to-face and all the craziness that that's going to entail. So, uh, yeah, that was a long answer. <laughs> but, yeah, they could do it, and there's a lot of stuff that comes to a head in these next couple issues. What's funny, the X-Men movies have not gone either extra planar or even really out into space. And that's the last thing they haven't done, yeah. And there's a lot of significant stories where that comes to be, and that, that's one of my big questions. Of, if we're doing Dark Phoenix, are we going to get the Shi'ar and the Star Jammers or anything along mm-hmm. those lines? And if not, I mean, it just feels like too small to work. And I think I've read things that they have said that they are not going to space. So no, they're, they're trying to ground it. Yeah, it's going to be grounded. So what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah, and 
What was Singer in charge of this movie? Because he's gonna have some um, issues know. here. And I think he, did a, he did Apocalypse, but I don't know that that was so great that he was around. I don't know what his deal was, but um, I, 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 I shit the red on Apocalypse. So yeah, I think, but, I think, well. but I think he's the director of this one that's coming out. Like I think he's um, and the director of the Phoenix movie for the summer. I think. Is he? Um, no, actually, actually, it's it's um, the other idiot that was on the Van Forstick. Um Kimberg, Simon Kimberg, he's uh, the director uh, okay. of this one. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, I think um, what's his name is a uh, producer. I don't know how much of a producer he is. I think it's more yeah. name. And, and yeah. plus, uh, with the allegations that have come out lately, he may not be yeah. doing that. So. Yeah, he's going to be busy. Um, it's yeah, going to be hard to make anything in Hollywood. I mean, yeah, everybody's like got their head down right now. Well, I mean, what I yeah, mean. it's gonna mean it's like I mean, I think we're supposed to record a brothers' comics podcast, and then I was like, I was telling them, I was like, I think we're gonna wind up having to dedicate an entire portion of the podcast to, hey, who got accused of sexually harassing somebody this week, and it's it's gonna take forever. Gonna bunch of them. It's yeah. gonna be like, <laughs> it, it might be like, who didn't get accused of sexually harassing yeah, somebody? You, this you week would be easier to do that. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's just insane. Um, and probably, and the worst part is probably all true. But that's a whole other podcast. Uh, Sinister's supposed to make his appearance in the Gambit movie if, if and when it ever gets made. Uh, I think there was mm-hmm. rumor out there that Daniel Craig might be playing the role of Gambit or of Sinister. Wow. Um, yeah, I just would rather yeah. see him as Gambit. But um, <laughs> you know, they've already teased the you know the Essex Foundation. I think I guess that was at the end of Logan or at the end, yeah, of, the end of Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Okay, so they've already teased Sinister, um, but they haven't really done anything. Uh, I guess it was really haven't really made a movie since that. That no, they didn't even. Or except for Logan, and that wasn't anything for Logan. That would probably made sense with all the genetic testing. It probably would have made sense to throw some Sinister in there, but it was a completely Mm -hmm. different timeline for Logan. So, um, whatever. Yeah, I, I've seen that movie again too, and I, I I think I dislike it more than I did the first time I saw it. I've seen it. I think I've seen it three times now too. Um, wow. Yeah. The first, well, I saw it on a booter the first time, which I and I was on a day off from work, and I was just like, I, I don't know if I'm in it. I think I fell asleep, and because I'm old and I'm tired, and I was like, I don't think I like this too much. And then I saw it again, and I was like, um, okay, I think I get it. You know, what else? Okay, I can see why people like it. And then the third time I saw it on DVD, I was like, mm, I don't know about this. Again, <laughs> it, it came after uh, two shitty movies, so anything, not anything, but it's better than those two. But again, that doesn't make it a good movie. But whatever. I, 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 yeah. I know you liked it. We know you liked it. So well, I, <laughs> I was just going to say that I think the R-rated thing kind of roped some people into liking it probably more than it. They probably don't even know if they even like the movie at all. The fact that they just had Wolverine chopping mofos up, literally, mm-hmm. and dicing people, is what they liked. Yeah, and that yeah. overread everything else. I think a lot of people have that. Have that understood. Yeah. Okay. Do y'all want to do Astonishing X-Men number five as we get close to about an hour? Uh-oh. I don't know who's got a chance to read it. I did not read that, so there's not <laughs> much to it. There's not much to it. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just leave it. And at, at a point, that story needs to wrap up too. I was like, "Wow, Astonishing X Men number five? 
Like, yeah. yeah. What? The big, uh, the big, the big ending is uh, the incredible Hulk Angel starts to come out. Yeah, so, that's basically you know, it. And, yeah. and I don't know why that. Why I don't know why that. Why we're supposed to care about that? But <laughs> well, I think I'm at a point. Well, and I think I'm at a point too. Like, um, I didn't. Who knew our Archangel was so evil that he had to be held in check like the Hulk? Because as badass as he looks, he was never badass in terms of like being super powerful. He just wasn't as no. pissy and yeah. pussy as he as just, the so he, was. They push him a lot in this story. Um, yes, he's just yeah. coming out of yeah. like Apocalypse's control, and they're playing up like. He's got these demonic wings, and he can't control it or whatever. And they control walk now. that back, and they're like, no, it was you all the time. Stop being a bitch. Just get yeah. your wings. Just yeah. fly around. It was you told them that, too. Yeah, it was like, yeah, stop being a bitch. I'm tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> it I mean, and there's a, yeah. And there's a, good, there's a good bit in there where, you know, you get a chance to see Gambit. I guess we are reviewing this a little bit. You get a chance to see Gambit now. He's under the possession of the Shadow King. And, you know, mm-hmm. you do Gambit types of things, you know, flips and... Uh-huh. Exploding things, and, and exploding as he, thing, yeah. you know, but you see Bishop also get turned like into you know a minion for the Shadow King or whatever, really Shadow quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it was like that. really like Bishop didn't get a chance to fight it off. It was just like hey, Lucas, Lucas hey, oh. Bishop. Yeah, Lucas. No. Sorry. Yeah, he called it. He name checks him too. Uh, he does Lucas Bishop too. And you know, it's like well, wow. he didn't get a chance to fight. Like ah oh, man, and, you know, and. Mm-hmm. and, and yeah, it's funny it's too, good. like, how Gambit becomes ultra-powerful as soon as he's charmed, you know? Like, yeah. You know, that's yeah. sort of a trope, like, they become unstoppable, or, like, Rogue, Rogue could mm-hmm. be the entire X-Men as a villain, and mm-hmm. basically yeah. she's getting taken out by the opening salvo and fights after that. Right, pretty yeah, much. It's just, yeah, it, it, it fits the story, and uh, Charles is essentially, he's, again, we're reviewing this now, essentially Charles is, uh, he's, on the, he's, he's created all these separate astral planes to uh, try to save the X-Men and try to get himself freed from the Shadow King who stole his body when he died when uh, Cyclops killed him. Uh, he stole his uh, his essence or whatever from uh, from whatever. Yeah. It was orange. Yeah, it was orange. <laughs> See? Yeah. 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 And, um, it, 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 I mean, again... This is a story that's not terrible, so I'm not. I'm, I don't think that I'm ripping it. And I, I enjoy this book by far than all the other relaunch X Men books. But it's a Shadow King story, and we're already at issue five. So that means Shadow King is going to get a half, at, at a minimum, six issues to deal with the Shadow King. I'm wow. good. This is this was should have been <laughs> like a, a, at the most a probably three or four issue run, and now you're going to get him six for the Shadow King. For a fairly powerful, you know, I mean, again, I know the big reveal is Xavier's not dead, and I know you have to mm-hmm. deal with that, but uh, it's the Shadow King. So it's, I, I still yeah. feel that the X-Men books, and we're not going to review X-Men Gold because whatever, Mojo, I still think those books are kind of like swimming in the middle of the ocean. There's no real direction, like, at all for, like, definitely not blue and gold. I know they're stuck on, and they we're talking about a Mojo story that's going to be lasting over like almost five issues or six issues mm-hmm. too, over two yeah. different books. And I'm like, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's a real direction with them. I think they're better than they were, but they still aren't. Again, they're yeah. better than they were. They didn't make them good. And I, I, I think that's a little bit disappointing. So, 
Well, well, did you hear that um, that they're going to um, add a third book when Jean Grey comes back fixing in red? Uh, and she's going to be the leader. So, I don't know. I, got, I don't know how many X-Men Jesus do they have. Yeah, they're going to have all these damn different teams when they got so they got, they got three of, three of each person, so that helps. They can actually have the whole team. You know when you put it that way. Version. Do you have to be? Do you have to be red-headed to be on the team? Well, I think oh, Bloodstorm is in. Shouldn't wonder. Bloodstorm is in it. Yeah. What's that expression? Do the uh, do the drapes have to match the sheets though? Like you just be like a fake redhead. <laughs> you just die <laughs> You're not. You can be a part of the team because. Uh, yeah, they got three or four running around now, so I think the answer is yes. This is true. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So this will wrap up the kind of throwback Thursday for uh, Inferno. Like I said, Brother Beavis has laid out a fairly decent reading uh, schedule for us, and I'm actually going to put that out uh, to, like, the listeners, Twitters, and Facebooks and stuff so people can follow along if they want to to know which books we're going to cover. Um, so, yeah, we'll be jumping over from the X-Men books into X-Factor, Brother Beaver is going to read all the new mutants for us because, mm-mm. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, 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 nope. And um, have we recorded since the new mutants trailer? Let let we'll end on that. So. Have we recorded since then? Okay, I, th- um, I think we did. Are you sure? I don't think we did. Uh, I remember I us talking. I remember uh, maybe we just about texted about, about it. I think, I we, think we were talking about it. it over two texts and stuff, I think. Yeah, uh, straight-ass cheeks. But um, <laughs> there's an audience for that. As much as it's not for me, there will be people that will see that that have no interest in demon bears or new mutants or mutants or X-Men because it's teenagers under stress, uh, under, you know, in, in a horrific situation, and there's an audience for that. So... I would never see it for a variety of reasons, but I also don't understand. You could have made that movie and called it anything and had nothing to do with the new mutants. So what did you think when you saw the trailer, uh, Brother Beavis? It, I mean, it looks like a, a run-of-the-mill horror movie or maybe even a good horror movie, but in, like, you know, this is the trend where they're like, well, we can't just do another superhero movie, so it's got to be a take on something that happens to be I'm like, uh, does it? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you can't yeah, follow, I mean, if they follow the yeah. formula and kill off half the cast, then uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be weird. But yeah, it very much feels mm-hmm. like it could be anything that just happens to be in the movie. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah it's, it's what you think, Sandman? <laughs> yeah, Beavis pretty much said it. It seems like somebody's hot take. It's like, hey, well, let's just, we need to change it up a little bit. So let's make it a horror story and just throw them in the middle of it. I don't think it's going to have anything else to do with the, uh, the X-Men universe other than, I don't know, probably at the end you might get some kind of mention of Xavier or maybe the Hellfire Club or something. I don't know. But other than that, I think it's just kind of off on its own periphery. And I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know what to think about it, honestly. Yeah, I don't think that's a great idea overall. Um, and there has been this rumor that uh, Marvel has been in negotiation with Fox to get the properties back or whatever, too. I mean, that rumor never dies, really. And, yeah. you know, whether it's true or not, whether it's partial or, you know, I, I don't really know. And at a point, it's at a point, it's not even worth, like, even talking about because you don't even know if it's true or not. But I know Marvel would have never signed off on this. I guarantee yeah. you that. 
Yeah, no. I guarantee you they wouldn't have been like, yeah, you know what, make a horror movie and call it New Mutants or whatever. Let's fuck the characters that we spend all this time and money on. Just, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, I, mean, I saw it, it looked like Cabin in the Woods. I was like, mm. it looks like Cabin mm. in the Woods. Not that I saw that, but I did. <laughs> and um, Yeah, I did too. <laughs> yeah, I did. And yeah. I was like, eh, you know, that, that's the first thing that I thought of when I saw it. And I'm like, mm, I think I'm okay with this, not seeing that ever. And it's just it's not going to have any ramifications or relation to any of the other X stuff that Fox is putting out. Then just call it something else. Like, I don't need, you know, I've said this on here all the time. Like, Riverdale is called Riverdale, but there's really no relation to anything that has to do with Archie and the Archie people other than the fact that the names are the same. But you could have called it One Tree Hill. <laughs> Part two, yeah, right. and it would have been it would have been no difference, you know. And you know, my right. enjoyment only comes from talking about it to people that you know, you know, from podcasting about it. That's really my only real joy from it. I don't really care, you know, care for the show that much, you know, because it is what it is. So, all right, yeah. all right. So yeah, and this wraps up. Uh, I'm gonna keep coming to Thursday night comic chat, but this wraps up the Throwback Thursday, the double sized issue for Brothers Comics for um, the, the the comic book show. Oh, remember, your baby's finest podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, rate, review, subscribe. Um, yeah, that's about it. So, again, we'll we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll probably still have some legacy books in there, kind of depending upon the schedule. We might be able to hopefully finish up this uh, Avengers story and Avengers Champions crossover. Um, I, think, I don't know if there's anything. I think the Marvel 2 and 1 actually uh, came out, Brother Beavis. I think that was yeah, I've been looking for it. I don't think it did yet. Okay, I saw something online yeah. about it. I know, and that, that's something I wanted to read too, because I know we know the Fantastic Four is coming back. Everybody should know the Fantastic Four is coming back somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh-huh. I know that's going to probably get tied into that book somehow. So if they don't put that. Herbie in that book, then fuck them. That's that's Fantastic <laughs> Four. No Herbie, no Fantastic Four. Fuck them. No fuck Marvel. Yeah. Marvel. Fuck, fuck Coke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that three Kevin Smith references this, by the way. So. <laughs> um, right, so yeah, so subscribe, review, uh, all of those types of things. Uh, share with your friends with all that. All right, so we'll wrap up this week. Uh, I am the producer of said podcast, uh, and I am signing off. Um, Brother Beavis, go ahead and sign off. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. All right, say man, go ahead and sign off. So I don't know our fellow mutants. We will see you next week. All right, y'all. Take it easy. Peace. Peace.